I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, in lieu of a full show today, we will have a couple of segments. The first will be about Chelsea with Stephen Clark, who you can find on Twitter at Mr. Stephen James underscore. Uh, Stephen, a pleasure having you on. Your match yesterday, as we record, was a little bit insane. Uh, continuing to score, let Norwich back into it, then score again. Fortunately, the last time you did it, you ended up just actually scoring the final goal. Uh, obviously, big days from Tammy Abraham and Mason Mount, who we will come on to in a little bit. But uh, if you wouldn't mind, just walk us through that match from a Chelsea perspective. Yeah, of course. Um, so it looks like it is going to be kind of one of those one of those seasons where we kind of are just going to have to learn to outscore the opponents and um it's becoming a bit of a a worrying trend in some regards that that we do seem to take the lead and then and then and then give it up which has been quite frustrating um especially from a defensive point of view as kind of the team begins to gel but um yes start starting yesterday kind of um there was a lot of talk going into the game about kind of um Tammy Abraham and um he obviously started with a with a flash with this game kind of scoring in, in the opening um, moments of the game with a really, really good volleyed tuck finish. He peeled off the back of the defense. It was a, it was a great goal to see. And um, even better to see was perhaps the, the celebration where he ran straight over to Frank Lampard and kind of uh, rewarded all that faith with a, with a big, big hug and kind of um, reinforced this, this idea that the, this Chelsea team is, is together and kind of all focused on, on one goal and a goal that the fans can get behind. So that was a great moment. Unfortunately, it was uh, it was undercut undercut quite quickly in the sixth minute when um, Todd Cantwell scored for for Norwich, which was a bit of a disaster and kind of just yeah, to be honest, that that goal in particular, I was feeling the the lack of Kante, who obviously wasn't in the in uh, this week's lineup because of just a, a slight ankle injury that he's been having kind of since the beginning of the season, um, and Jorginho kind of got. Um, Kind of went into a 50-50, didn't win it, and um, the ball got played out wide. As Quetta hasn't been great recently, kind of let, let his man run right by him, and then Cantwell, Cantwell scored inside the six-yard box. And, you know, to be honest, it was pretty deserved because I think that Norwich came into the game with a good attitude and they, they weren't afraid of kind of um, what, what Chelsea had to offer. And, you know, I think that if you're going to play Chelsea this season, that's probably the best way to go because I think that, we have players that can break down defenses just, but yeah, I, I just think that you, you can come at us. And I think that we've shown already this season that it's going to take a while for this back four to really gel. Um, then obviously we came back into the game with a, a, my person, probably, probably my favorite goal of the game from Mason Mount. Just so good to see him scoring. Um, I, because just one of these guys that we've been waiting to break through for years and kind of uh, the goal that he scored, the goal that he scored this week, honestly, rem- 
there were shades of Kevin De Bruyne in the way that he was moving and the way that he struck that ball as well. It was, it was honestly really great to see. And um, yeah, him scoring in back-to-back games is great news for the club. Um, yeah, then that was followed up by a Timmy Puki goal because obviously we're going to concede again straight for <laughs> only like 15 minutes later. Um, which you know, Timo Puki's on fire at the moment. Shades of shades of Mishu for Swansea all those <laughs> those years ago. Um, yeah, he he look he looks like he's probably ready for the for the Premier League. In all honesty, what is it? Six goals now in three games, is it? Something like that. Mm. Ridiculous. Um, yeah, and then kind of the game from there on out, kind of in the second half, um, Chelsea kind of asserted more dominance. Whereas in the first half, it was back and forth, back and forth. Nobody could really get a grip of the game. If anything, I might have said that Norwich had more overall control. But in the second half, it seemed like um, Chelsea slowed everything down just a little bit more, um, focused on keeping that back four tight. And then, um, honestly, in all honesty, I kind of felt like the game was eking towards a 2-0 draw. We didn't really have the goal threat. And then Tammy Abraham just geniusly, really, he fooled uh, the Norwich defenders. Um, I think Grant Hanley thought he was going in behind, and then he pulls back and then kind of uses Grant Hanley to to uh, block the goalkeeper's view of the strike and um, hits it low and hard and and, pretty, and wins the game for Chelsea. And to be honest, I think it was deserved for the second half performance. And um, just from a Chelsea fan point of view, so, so good to see Tammy Abraham scoring goals because we know he can. Yeah, like we said, it was a very good day for Tammy Abraham. And you mentioned the big hug, that second goal uh, that he dragged back was fantastic. The ball from Kovacic, which by the way, I feel has been underreported, uh, was yes. fantastic there as well. Uh, but I was curious, after a performance like that from Abraham, where he was roaming, he was finishing his chances, do you feel like this kind of alleged tripartite strike force between him and Giroud and in theory Batshuayi may have been settled yesterday and that Tammy Abraham is now the starter until he has a bad enough day that somebody else comes in? Yeah, well, I, honestly, I, I think I think it's been settled since kind of the opening days of the season. I think that Tammy is the guy in Frank's eyes. I think that... I'm I'm pretty sure if if Frank gets his weight and Tammy keeps on scoring, obviously that's the most important thing. I think that Tammy will be the guy that we trust. He's been given the number nine shirt. I think that Giroud will probably come in for some of the bigger games, maybe or something a bit um, bit more nuanced or a bit more experience is required. But honestly, I think that this is Tammy's spot now. I think that he's probably the only guy that we have capable of scoring goals outside the box, which is another great threat to see. Um, I think that Bashawai is going to have a role to play more likely in cup uh, games this season. And I think that Jared may, may take the Champions League as well. But yeah, I, I think that maybe in the eyes of of the outside of Chelsea, I think that maybe this is where Tammy has announced himself and maybe people will start taking him seriously as a as a Premier League striker, hopefully. You know, it's only two goals and it's still early in the season. But yeah, like you said, I think that this is this is the moment now where he can really make this position his yeah, and it kind of lines up with what we were talking about all summer of this uh, kind of deemed youth revolution that was happening, that wasn't happening due to the injury. But with the way him and Mountain have been playing, it does clearly seem as though that is uh, that is fully on. Uh, speaking of Mount, for those that haven't been able to catch Chelsea matches, how good do you view he is right now and what role is he playing in the Chelsea attack? Yeah, I mean, he he honestly has probably been this, in my opinion, the standout performer of, of the season so far. I, I, I've just been incredibly impressed by the way that he's coming to the side. He's coming with so much confidence. And to be honest, for really uh, two of his games that he's played in in the league this season so far, he's been he's been forced out left. Obviously, Pedro had to um, 
be replaced be replaced because he was injured in the warm-up. Um, so last second, Barkley came in in the centre and mount, moved out to the left. And um, he, he was very impressive there, even though I think that his, his natural position of playing in the, the centre of a of an, a, like an attacking mid position or even a little bit further back in kind of like an eight position, that's where his future is going to be. I think he's impressed just in the overall attacking phase. His passing's been great. Um, and, and really, he he is crucial to how Frank Lampard wants our press to work. Um, at the moment, the, the entire team isn't pressing as a unit consistently enough for an entire game. But um, Mason Mount is just effortless. He just runs, runs and runs for the, for the entirety of the match, never gives up anything. And um, I've, yeah, I've just been really impressed overall with the spirit, but also I think probably the most, because I think a lot of people talk about that kind of how he runs and um, the way that he gets, he gets involved in the game a lot. But I think it's been underreported kind of how good this guy is technically. Um, he's been taking pretty much all our set pieces. Put in the, his first game against uh, United, he didn't. He took some pretty awful corners, but um, these last couple of games, he's been, he's been whipping them in with ferociousness and um, putting some really dangerous balls from from corners, which has been a something that this team has lacked completely. With our Willian hasn't been able to get past the first man for the last two seasons, it feels like so. Um, yeah, he just adds something else to this side, and you know, goal scoring. Goal scorers in midfield is something that Chelsea know all about, obviously, with Frank. Um, and it's something that we've pro- probably lacked since then. So it's great to see a guy who has been taking this initiative and taking his opportunity with, with both hands. And um, I think that he's rewarded Frank pretty well so far. Yeah, and it must be really exciting to see two former Academy graduates in Abraham and Mount kind of leading the charge here, then potentially joining them soon, way ahead of any timetable I ever saw is that Callum Hudson-Odoi has been pictured in training this week. Is there any sense that he is meant to be back soon, or is it just kind of getting back into light training, get him kind of running again, and then he might be back in the next couple months? Yeah, I mean, from it, these, these injuries are always so hard to tell. You know, we hear things, we, we see different types of things. Um, we hear that they're back in training. <laughs> you, never, you never really know until they're back on the pitch, I suppose, um, and fully fit. I... From what I've been hearing personally, from what numerous reliable Chelsea people have been reporting, it's that Callum will be in the frame after the international break, which um, is only, what, two, three weeks away. So, I mean, I think that Frank's really ready to chuck him in the deep end. Um, and, you know, to be fair, if, he, if he's feeling it fitness-wise, I think he'll be an instant hit for this team. And I think that he's going to give us something that just, we haven't had. Um, in this side for since he's been out. So I'm really excited to see him come back. And um, another one is Reese James as well. Can't tell you how much we need this guy um, taking Aspie's spot. I, I love Aspie. He's a legend of the club. Um, but Reese is going to give us something else there. And he, he looks to be back in the frame pretty soon as well. And Loftus-Cheek is probably the one that you would say is, is suffering a bit and is going to take a bit longer to come back. Probably not till, I think, December, some of the reports are. So, um, yeah. But hopefully... Reese and Callum will be back in the frame, fingers crossed, anywhere after that international break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, that would certainly be welcome news to get them back so early compared to what the early estimates were. Uh, You also mentioned in your recap of the match that it looks like you're just going to have to outscore your opponents. Obviously, no clean sheets yet. Two goals conceded to Norwich, probably not what you expected. The four against United, similarly. Is this a personnel thing? Is this a those those defensive links just haven't been made yet with players getting used to playing with with somebody reliably beside them? Or or what's really causing these defensive issues at Chelsea right now? Yeah, um, so I, th- I think it's been a it's been a um, it's been a mixture of two things. I think so. The first thing is um, just individual mistakes, which <clears throat> is not what you want to see. <laughs> but I think from considering how how young these guys are, um, Zuma and Christensen in particular, Zuma Zuma probably less so because he's had a bit more experience in the Premier League, kind of obviously with his time at Stoke and Everton and Chelsea the first time round. Um, there's been a few individual mistakes, and you know they've kind of been. Uh, going in for tackles that they're never going to win. Uh, Zuma, in particular, in that first game against United, um, made that made that horrible decision to go in for the tackle and gave them the penalty, which effectively lost the game for us. Um, but uh, over, overall, as a, like a more structural kind of thing, I think that they're just getting used to playing with each other in a back four. I think that um, I, I think that probably probably the the team Ipuki goal is the best example of what's going wrong. I would say. It's um, the miscommunication there. So uh, Zuma, Zuma kind of lets Puki go through and um, expects Christensen to be kind of shielding um, in, the, in the middle and kind of cut, closing down that angle a little bit more, following just behind. But Christensen um, steps forward and tries to play Puki side. So just a, a, different, a difference in communication there. Christensen steps a bit, a bit too late, leaving Puki on side and then Kind of Zuma has no one to to back him up in that position, and Puki can just kind of um, whack whack it across the face of the goalkeeper. So I think that that that's been an issue. But I, I would also say that um, Aspilaqueta has probably um, been been a, a slight issue defensively. He he's been giving the ball away far too much, which means that attacks are coming down coming down our right hand side, the attackers left hand side a lot, and um, it just. You know, when you make when you make mistakes and you give the ball away in kind of your own defensive third or half, you're always you're always going to be un- under pressure, especially running towards your own goal, which isn't kind of where these guys are best. You know, these a lot of the um, Christensen in particular is is a guy who likes to step out. He's a guy who likes to hold a high line. I think that's what Frank wants to do. Um, so yeah, I think it, I think it's a bit of growing pain. So hopefully it's gonna it's gonna get better over the next the coming coming months and I, and I expect that it will I, I have a lot of faith in and these guys um yeah just hope hopefully it gets better hopefully it gets better but yeah it certainly hasn't been the most impressive start for our defenders <laughs> what combination of midfielders in front of them do you think would help most 
Yeah, that, that, that's interesting. On a defensive point of view, I think that obviously Kante is the first guy you'd put in there. Um, may, maybe a, a Kante Kovacic would, would probably help most, defensively speaking, um, just because I don't think Jorginho really, really helps this side defending, but he, he offers so much going forward. So then you just have this, this constant give and take. You're, you're asking Kante to kind of <laughs> to do what he did at Leicester and Chelsea the first when, in his first season. That's like play the role of two players effectively, um, which is you can't ask for that from Kante every game for a season because it's just it's too much, <laughs> um, even for a superhuman like him. So yeah, probably probably Kante Kovacic I think would would give this side a bit more of like a defensive backbone because I think that Kovacic actually plays better when he's in a deeper position and I think that he's got the technique to kind of play out. Um, though that being said as well, I've I've seen a lot of times Jorginho, while he's not great at tackling or tracking back um, or following his man, which is kind of key defensive um, attributes. What he is really good is taking the ball um, in those high presses situations where the press is being closed down and kind of playing through that, which is something that maybe Kovacic is quite good at, but maybe Jorginho is a little bit better at. So, yeah, it's, it's really hard. It really depends on the performance of the day, I suppose. It's pretty, it's pretty neck and neck, I would say. Interesting stuff for sure. Um, we've kind of mentioned about all of the players, but we haven't yet really talked about Lampard as the manager. Obviously, just three matches in uh, to his Premier League career as a manager, obviously, after a few more <laughs> as a player. Um, just curious just to get your thoughts at this early stage of his managerial style, how things have been working formationally, and, and perhaps anything off the pitch that's really stuck out to you uh, since he's taken charge. Yeah, I mean, so I, th- I think that I think that I'll, I'll, I'll I have a lot to say positively. Obviously, I'm going to, but I I will start with kind of what have been maybe not so much the negatives, but the maybe maybe the the signs that we kind of have to look out for. And I think that I think that he, he started with this with this idea that we're gonna we're gonna be a, a full pressing team, the kind of dynamic attack 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 kind of um keep keep the control up for as long as we can during these games. But I think we saw in the Man United game. And in the Leicester game as well, that we start really well, um, we just can't sustain that kind of football for an entire match. So I think that these first couple of games has been about Lampard learning when to apply this press full hilt and when to maybe take a more calculated approach, slow the game down just a tad, then kind of refine our feet, regain some energy, and kind of learning to to live in those in those pockets of time during a match. And um, I think he got better at it because I think that, like I said, the second half against Norwich, you might have expected to see the team come out full hilt and just try and score more goals. But we took a bit of a slower approach, trusted in kind of what we were doing um, attacking-wise and trusted that the defense, if we slowed everything down, was going to be all right. And they were. So I think that showed even just a slight evolution from the first two games. Um, I think that I think that he's, in terms of formation, he's been pretty interesting because he's... You would you would say that he's been playing a four two three one, which is pretty pretty old school. You don't really see like a traditional kind of ten these days a lot more. But also, some people would argue that he's been more playing a four one four one formation. So it kind of interchanges between those two, I think. And um, those tend to be his more favorite positions, um, his favorite formations. Um, a, lo- a lot of people think that. With some of the weaker teams, he may play two up front. So it'd be interesting to see if he can implement that into the side. We saw a bit of that during preseason, 
Um, yeah, and I think that even even kind of his formations have been his uh, sorry his substitutions have been have been pretty good. Um, I thought he was quite smart in uh, this week's games to bring Giroud on and to bring Willian on in the dying stages of that game, um, and even to bring Alonso in for height just in the last few minutes. I think that maybe maybe if someone with a bit less game savvy in the Premier League might have tried to leak Tammy on just because to give him the hat trick, but he brings Giroud on. He holds the ball up. He wins a couple of fouls and kind of um, frustrates Norwich a bit more. So yeah, I think, I think there's been, there's been overwhelmingly good signs. We can score goals, which we've seen in the games. Uh, we look an attacking threat. Obviously there's these issues with the defense, but I don't think it's something that's inherent to Lampard. I think it's just the, the personnel finding their feet. Yeah, I also saw something a couple of weeks back about how he was going to handle um, managing players that he played alongside in Aspilicueta and David Luiz. Obviously, one of those, less of an <laughs> issue now. Um, do you think that that's been any awkward at all? Have you seen anything like that, or do you think it's just been smooth sailing? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's been pretty. It's been pretty good so far. I've been pretty encouraging. Um, the the one you would say maybe is Willian. I feel like might be a bit awkward because I. I just don't really feel like he has a, a starting position in this side anymore. I think that Pedro and um, when Callum Hudson-Odoi comes back and Pulisic, obviously, I think, um, and even Mount, we know, can can cover on that left-hand side. I just I can't see Willian starting too many Premier League games this season, and that could just be a little bit of an awkward one for him, obviously, with a, a playing relationship there. But um, without Spilicueta, it's been great, honestly. That I You'd really, really struggle to find a professional that has such a dedication to the team over rather than himself. And the way he's been speaking about Reese James in recent weeks <laughs> has been great. Honestly, he's been encouraging him to, to kind of fight to take his own position, which is something that, <laughs> that you wouldn't expect to see from a lot of players. Um, so I think that Frank is not going to have an issue there, even with um, SP being the, being the captain. I think that um, he's, he's going to be a great leader, whether he's in the starting level or not. And I think that Frank has kind of handled the relationships in the dressing room really well so far from, from what I've seen. Um, I think that he's got some pretty big characters um, in this dressing room. Even when Pedro kind of came off with the injury in the warm up, I saw um, some photos of in the tunnel where Mason Mount and Frank Lampard both had an arm around Pedro and they're kind of um, walking him back to the changing room, kind of talking to him. And it kind of looks like there's a, there's a real, there's a real kind of core, identity within the team and there's also this idea that um everyone's together everyone's united with this common goal to try and create this new era at Chelsea yeah well it's certainly interesting to watch from the outside looking in although some may not be hoping for your success it certainly seems (laughs) to be uh moving in the right direction uh we kind of talked about this in the offseason about what the expectations would be and you said you know obviously still aim for the tough work as a Chelsea but top 6 is probably acceptable. Do you feel like that's still the same after a few weeks of the season? Yeah, I, I think I think that 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 4-0 humbling at the start of the season was <laughs> was probably a bit of a um maybe maybe not so much a wake up call but maybe maybe gave signs to the Chelsea fans that okay, th- this is the kind of season that we're going to be dealing with, you know, where I think that the expectations have been slightly lowered, though I don't always feel like that's a good thing. I feel like I feel like there's no real way around it this season with Chelsea. I feel like we just have to do the best that we can, and top six ha- we have we have to make top six. I think that if we wouldn't if we weren't to make top six, I think even Frank himself w- wouldn't be wouldn't accept that as being good enough. And um, I, I think I think that I don't think he'd probably he probably wouldn't lose his job in that circumstances just because of the way that 
the club's been set up this season. Um, but I think in his own personal mind, if he didn't get top six, even if he didn't get top four, I think that's what Frank's going to be aiming for. And I think that anywhere in, in that ballpark, as long as we show those progressive signs that the next season we're going to be able to compete and that um, these kind of youth players come through and um, we see an improvement in the style of play, I think that I think that that'll be enough. Gotcha. Well, it'll certainly be interesting to keep an eye on throughout this season. Uh, Steve, that will do it for us right now. But if you'd like to tell folks where they can find you, now be a good time. Sure thing. Uh, so you guys can find me on Twitter at Mr. Stephen James underscore, where you can find all my kind of ramblings about Chelsea and just the football and VAR in general. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on, and I'm sure we'll speak soon. Thanks, Kevin. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app. You can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.